It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson, back in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, I'm going to apologize up front real fast for being not all here this past couple days. Uh, For any of you who follow me on social media, know that I have another job on top of covering Texas A&M for both Sports Illustrated and for the Locked On Podcast Network, and that is with the Houston Astros. I am their in-house host and MC, so I do a lot of stuff for them during pregame, during the game, and during postgame. And unfortunately, for everyone who knows this, the Astros are in the World Series. They have been kind of pulling me away from this job right here, and I'm trying to keep up with all as much as possible, and I apologize to the Aggie Nation who did not receive their Jimbo Fisher press conference yesterday. Uh, This is going to change starting tomorrow. That's the good news. It's Game 7 of the World Series tonight. Astros win, they win the World Series. If they lose, well, better luck next year, I guess is the best way to put it. But either way, coverage for Texas A&M and for Locked On Aggies fans everywhere will become better. I promise you that. This is going to be a fun ride moving forward, especially moving into the final month of the season. But we have a game that we got to talk about this week, and that is Texas A&M. Right before their bye week, we'll have a chance to go 6-3 and three against the UTSA Roadrunners. The problem with this week, and we're working on right now getting guests, we're working on finding a little more information out about this team, there's not a lot to go off of when you look at this A&M UTSA team. They're not a Mississippi State, they're not a South Carolina, they're not even a Clemson who we can look back in history and say, okay, this is what the process has looked like over the past several months. The two programs have only met one time in history, and that was back in 2016 where the Aggies pretty much solidified that victory. There was an incredible Josh Stewart catch by the Roadrunners. I actually ended up working with him in San Antonio with the San Antonio Commanders and the Alliance of American Football. But outside of that, that was AM's game. The problem with it being 2016 as well is that every player from that roster is no longer at AM. So you can't even really go back when you're doing interview processes and sitting down with guys and going, okay, who, what do you remember about this team? What do you remember about their players? Because nobody on either roster is still there. It's a brand new start and it's a brand new roster for both sides, which is good and bad at the same time. Because for AM, you're going to be able to now go out and make your own mark in history and bring home hopefully the second win against the UTSA program of all time. And you're not going to be able to go, well, this team did it this way, we did it this way. It's two very different stories. But also, having that veteran talent that knows the players on that roster also helps the young guys. And A&M right now is a very young team. You have your starting quarterback who's a junior. You have an offensive lineman up the, uh, your Prater, your center, is a senior. And the rest of the offense is pretty young. I mean, you have a couple juniors, a couple sophomores, a freshman starting on the O-line. You have a freshman as your fourth receiver, a sophomore as your fifth receiver. Your three starting receivers are all juniors. Your starting running back is a freshman. Your backup running back is a redshirt sophomore. Your other backup running back is a redshirt sophomore. It's a younger team. There's not a lot of veteran talent on this team, 
which is a positive and a negative for the future of the program. Because on one hand, you're going to bring everyone back next year. Or you hope to bring everyone back. There's going to be a few guys, maybe Courtney Davis, maybe Javon Osmond, who declare for the draft early. But outside of that, you're going to bring a majority of these guys back to be competitors in the SEC next season. So while we break down some of the top storylines, what to look forward to this weekend, what you can expect, what are some things you need to know, Texas A&M opens up the game as a 36.5 favorite over the Roadrunners. The over-under comes in at 51.5. Those are both the highest of the year for A&M. So you know that this is a battle that we're going to see really work out. So for me, biggest storyline of all kind of goes back to that Texas State, that uh, Lamar game, those kind of storylines. What is the future of the program going to be? I believe this is going to be a very good game for AM to go out before they hit their bye week, kind of show what they have, but at the same time, let the younger talent and for Aggie fans everywhere to see, here's the future of the program, here's what you can expect, this is what we're doing, this is where we're going, this is what's happening. So a guy like Zach Calzada coming in in like the middle of the third quarter to finish out the game, that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. What's he going to be like in a year or in two years when Mon's gone and now he's the starter? What's it going to be like to see Anaya Smith really be that number one receiver that everyone expects him to be in the future because of your starters are now sitting? What is a guy like uh, uh, Cordarian Richardson going to be who's now going to fight for reps next year when Jay Sean Corbin returns? What's a guy like Devin Morris going to be? Is he going to be a very good slot defender? Or, or when we move him outside, is he going to be just as dangerous? Those are things that I look at in games like these because of you want to see progress from your young talent. And this is where the young talent comes up and they get to play. Now, you have guys, of course, like Damani Richardson and Jalen Weidemeyer and Kenyon Green and Isaiah Spiller, who all are starters already. And are they going to also play going into that like third, fourth quarter? Because it'd be interesting to see if they continue to play because they're so young and they want to get those reps, but also because they're going to be looked at as the leaders and the future of the program, the faces of it. Are they still going to be out there? Are they going to be able to play with a guy like Calzada? Are they going to be able to catch those touchdowns from him? Are they going to be able to get those handoffs? We saw Spiller, when Jay Sean Corbin was still active against Texas State, really dominate in the third and fourth quarter. But he didn't really do much after that. Is that still the same game plan for this game? And if so, how long do we see them play? That is a storyline I always like to see. Because... People in the SEC, number one, and I think in college football overall, really sports in general, when you're playing a weaker opponent, it's not about what your starters can do. You want to see your starters do well in the beginning, but you want to take the game away immediately. You want this to not even be a game. You want this to be over before it's even started. And with that, the best way to do so is by coming out fast and executing well. But you really are there to see the younger talent and what you can expect from the future. That's all you're trying to do. You don't really care about who does what beforehand. You only care about what's going on now.
And most of the time, you want to see that there's promise for the future and there's promise for the program. So in games like these, a guy like Calzada can thrive. And a guy uh, such as Ryan Rennick, who was a walk-on, maybe we could see him make his final first touchdown. Those are things I look forward to, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball, what to expect. On the defensive side of the ball, we're going to talk a lot about the secondary because the secondary right now is banged up. Who's going to step up? Who's going to be back? Where is everyone going to be? What's happening there? And we're going to talk about the secondary in just a quick minute, so don't go away. Guys, talking about erectile dysfunction is not an easy task to do. Usually we just brush it off or blame it on ourselves saying, I've lost my mojo or I'm just not feeling it tonight or whatever excuse you like to use. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication's appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with a free two-day shipping option. The whole process is straightforward and discreet, so get started real fast by going to GetRoman.com locked and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now with Roman, there's an answer for everything. So make sure you go check it out at GetRoman.com locked to get a free online checkup today. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson still here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, talking all things about the upcoming game, as the Texas A&M Fighting Aggies will take on the UTSA Roadrunners one time at 11 o'clock at Kyle Field. The game will be featured on SEC Network. And then the Aggies will go into their second bye week before starting up the final three games of SEC Conference play at home against South Carolina for senior night. Then they will travel to Athens, Georgia to take on the top 10 ranked Bulldogs. And depending on what happens this upcoming week in two weeks with LSU and Alabama, they could face the number one team for a third time this season out in Tiger Stadium to close out the year. Defensively, right now, one of the biggest things for Texas A&M is their run defense has played okay. Not great, but they've played okay. They've collected turnovers, but at the same time, the secondary has been getting hurt a lot. It all started at the beginning of the season with Roni Elam. He was the team's nickel defender, and he was doing a dang good job playing that position, but then he got hurt after the Clemson game, and he has not been active since. You've seen a plethora of guys kind of switch around. Charles Oliver became the guy coming in when Elam was available. Uh, Clifford Chapman then came in because Oliver got hurt against Alabama. And now Chapman is on a list of guys who could possibly be a starter full-time, could not. Former safety Derek Tucker and sophomore Brian Johnson are now redshirting. Larry Pryor is now gone, and so is Moses Reynolds. Both have left the program, even though one was really a wide receiver, kind of a mixed kind of guy. But now you have Devin Morris playing And he's looked really good the past couple games. He's gotten, I believe, one interception, six total tackles, and a sack. He's looked really good in that nickel formation. But you're running low on defenders, because, especially in the secondary. So the big question is, who's going to be that guy that either comes back or step up? To me, Charles Oliver could be that guy that if he comes back, you could use him in like a dime formation and a nickel formation, kind of move him and Morse out, let them kind of switch it up see who's going to be dominant, because both really were kind of playing well before his injury against Alabama. Also, you now have to worry about what's going to happen with Elijah Blades and Damani Richardson. The true freshman from Wachaki, Texas, 
has been a baller this season for AM's defense. To me, he's the second most talented, pure talent defender on the team besides uh, Justin Matabuki. Outside of him, I think that there's a lot of good guys on that team. Buddy Johnson's one. I think Anthony Hines is one. I really liked what Blades has done. But Richardson is going to be that leader of the defense moving forward. He's going to be a Miles Garrett-type player, an Armani Watts-type player. One of those guys that we're talking about in a few years. Hey, I wonder how high he could go in the NFL draft. That is the type of guy we're going to get with Damani Richardson. And he left the game in the fourth quarter with an undisclosed injury. Coach Fisher says that the trainers are working on him this week to see if he will come back. Same goes with Elijah Blades. The JUCO transfer has been very good since his return. He was injured to begin the year, but since he's come back, he's been a very talented cornerback for this Aggies defense, especially on the outside in coverage. He's looked very well. He's broken up a ton of passes. He's limited plays deep downfield. And during the 32-yard touchdown pass from Garrett Schrader this past weekend, Blades injured his shoulder for the second time in the same quarter. He left the game after making a tackle, against, I believe, the same receiver. And he would come back in on that next drive. And as he was going down for the ball, he would re-injure his shoulder and he would not return to the game. Fisher says that they are working with him as well. They're not sure about his status, but it's looking like he's going to practice this week. But for some reason, if neither one of those players play, this could be a moment for the younger talent or guys who aren't usually getting a chance to start to come in, get reps, take some time, make some plays, and be players that we all know they can be. If you're getting recruited to go play at Texas A&M, one of the top programs in the nation consistently in recruiting, one of the top nations consistently in revenue, one of the top nation teams consistently finding their way to the top of the rankings, especially in the Lone Star State, you are a very good football player. And when good football players get hurt, it allows other good football players to come in, earn some reps, and play. Those are where this moment's going to be. So I've been very impressed with a guy like Richardson. I've been very impressed with a guy like Morris. It'll be interesting to see who's going to step up and really start playing this game. I think Morris is the guy to watch for. Another guy, Deshaun Caper-Smith, is a guy who, if he does come back, another guy who I think could make a big role. I very much think that this is the type of game where, where we come back and we look at, on Monday... Younger talent really stepping up. That's really the whole point of the show, I think, overall, is the younger talent. Because if that's what you want to see. You want to see younger guys really kind of get the role and kind of earn some reps. Or even some veteran guys that haven't really played a lot. I'm only using this example because of I remember this so vividly. But at Alabama, where I went to college, we had a cornerback named Levi Wallace who really didn't do a lot. He was a special teams guy. He kind of just floated around. He never really did anything. And then his senior year, he got to start. And he wasn't drafted. But afterwards, he earned his way onto the Buffalo Bills practice squad, was promoted midseason to the active squad, and then was named a starter. So now he's a starter on this roster. And that's what you want to see from veteran guys such as Devin Morris, you want to see them get the opportunity to better their draft stock and represent the Aggies at the next level. So in a game like this, where you have guys who are injured, 
and guys who aren't playing well, or guys who just, you don't want to risk losing them for the remainder of the season, this is a game where you can step up. So the secondary is going to be a very big thing I'm going to watch for this week, and I think every A&M fan should as well. The Roadrunners have a very good dual threat quarterback in Frank Morris. He may or may not play. We're still trying to figure that one out. Hopefully we can have a guest kind of confirm or deny what his status is. He injured his arms, shoulder, hand, kind of all mixed things on his on his throwing motion shoulder. And he hasn't practiced since. He's been out for three straight games, but the Roadrunners have won one of those three. So maybe they keep with the guy that they have in that quarterback right now. But if they do, this is the guy who can sling it. He can run it, but he can sling it. There's always a player or two to watch for on each side of the ball who could make an impact for this team. And while I do think that this is going to be a surefire win for Texas A&M, we've seen crazier things in the past. We've seen Appalachian State walk in to Ann Arbor, the big house, and upset Michigan. So maybe there's a guy or two on this San Antonio roster who could be that X factor. And we're going to talk about them in just a quick minute. Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson still here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M as we get ready for the Aggies to take on the Roadrunners this upcoming Saturday up at Kyle Field, 11 a.m. kickoff. I know, guys, it's early, but come on. It's just one more early kickoff game. You know that they're not going to do senior day, the final home game of the season, as an early kickoff. So buckle down, brace for it. Let's get ready to go have another game. But One thing that we haven't really talked about a lot is UTSA as a whole. Now, part of that's because of there's not really a lot to talk about the program because it just started back in 2011 when Larry Coker took over the former University of Miami head coach. Now, Frank Wilson is in charge of the team. So this is a still pretty new football program. The teams have met up once before. A&M only won 23-10, 13-point lead. Josh Stewart made an incredible catch, but besides that, it was pretty much a snooze fest the last time these two played three years ago. No one from either side is on that roster, but this is a team that has come in and has been competitive at times this season. So maybe there's a player or two from the Roadrunners who could be that X-Factor. It always starts at the quarterback position, and right now, Lowell Narciss should be the guy to watch for because he's been the guy taking over for Frank Harris, who started those first three games. He was sidelined with a wrist, arm, on his throwing hand injury, and Narciss has come in, and he's been the guy taking the snaps. He was a former transfer quarterback. He used to play at LSU. He left after the 2017 season, uh, after the 2018 season, went to junior college before making his way to UTSA. He is a runner. That is what he is known for. He's second on the team in rushing yards, 358 yards, three touchdowns. His passing is where they're going to be able to eat up on him if they want to. If A&M gets a quick jump, they're going to be able to eat up on Narcissus or Narcissus, however you say it. 48.5 completion rating in his passes. He's only thrown three touchdowns. He's also thrown three interceptions. Running quarterbacks have been the issue for this AM team so far. They still are allowing these running quarterbacks to pick up first downs. They're allowing these drives to continue, even though we all know that it's not really a game, but at the same time, you never want to see a running quarterback keep drives alive. Even though I do believe it, everyone kind of knew that he was that the Bulldogs were out on Sunday by the fourth quarter. Following that Cordarian Richardson touchdown, I think everyone knew, yeah, they can make it interesting, maybe make it a comeback, but you're down by almost three scores at this point. It's going to be really hard to do, 
But you never want to see a running quarterback continue success that keeps them in the game. Usually when you have a running quarterback, you also have a pretty solid running back. And Sincere McCormick is probably the guy to watch for. He remained home in uh, in San Antonio. He went to uh, Judson High School, uh, was teammate with freshman uh, DeMarvin Leal. And he's been the guy this year. He leads the team with 567 rushing yards, six touchdowns. He's averaging about six yards per carry. He's not the biggest guy, 5'9", 200 pounds, but he has the ability to get you to kind of make you miss in the open field. He's got pretty good speed. It's more so his ability to run between the tackles and get to that second, third level. He ran for 87 yards and two touchdowns against top 10, uh, top 12 ranked Baylor team. And he did it pretty convincingly. Uh, his biggest game of the year was against UTEP. He rushed for almost 200 yards on 22 carries. He had one touchdown. That's a guy I would look for especially to possibly be that reason why they score. His size is not going to prevent him from scoring, but it's going to allow him to, I think, push forward in that red zone area and get that score. And if they're able to score in the red zone and kind of keep it competitive, maybe that's a lot closer than we expect. So that's a guy, Sincere McCormick, I would definitely look out for, and he's going to be a guy that they're going to build around for a while. And much like AM, this is a very young Roadrunners team. This is a team that you're going to see these guys hopefully be a, I wouldn't say contender, but I would say, you know, probably one of those teams from the Conference USA that can at least be like, hey, we made it to a bigger bowl game than just the Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, and I think Rashad Wisdom is going to be the guy to watch for, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Safety from also Judson High School. He remained at home. He had a few Power 5 offers, but he ended up staying at UTSA because if he wanted to remain close to home. He's 5'10", 205 pounds. He was a standout running back in high school, so he has good speed. Not only does he have good speed, he also has pretty good athleticism. And with his size a little bit bigger than what we saw from McCormick, I think that that's why you have him playing against the run. He's a strong safety. He's pretty fast, but the biggest thing is he loves to tackle, and he does a very good job running downhill. And that's where that athleticism from playing running back your entire time is going to go. Right now, he ranks second on the team with 4.5 tackles for losses. He's third on the team in sacks with two sacks. He has an interception. He's returned it 34 yards for a touchdown. He has a couple pass breakups. Overall, I do think that this young talent that we see is going to be able to show off maybe the future of these two programs. But Wisdom's a guy that you know is starting. He's going to be a contributor. And the biggest thing of all, I think, is you know he's going to be someone who is making plays for this defense. And the problem, biggest problem is, is that we've seen AM before struggle in the run game. So this could be a game where the run game struggles once again. I'm not saying it will at all. But if it does, it's probably because of you have a guy like Wisdom coming downfield and stopping Spiller or stopping Richardson or even Jacob Cabote, stopping all of them from making those big-time plays in the open field. For AM, and we'll talk more about this on the next show. Uh, that'll be tomorrow, of course. But for AM, the biggest name I want to really see is Anaya Smith. He was a guy who, during the month of October, was probably the most consistent, reliable, wide-receiving target for AM. And these past two games against Mississippi State and Ole Miss – he kind of disappeared, and Fisher said it's because of the veteran talent. You need these veterans out there who kind of know what they're doing to be the guys moving forward. So I agree with that, 
But in a game like this, where hopefully you can get a substantial lead and then take and let your younger talent take control, I want to see Smith break out. I really do. I want to see him have maybe two touchdowns. I want to see him breaking free, playing in man coverage, and see what he can do. Because I do believe that this is the guy that you're going to have your best chance right now to be able to groom into the next legit NFL prospect. And when you do that, it all starts with the talent that you're building as a freshman. So I really want to see what Anaya Smith can do this game. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at AggiesSI, at Locked on Aggies, at Mr. Cole Thompson. Check out all of our great content at SI.com slash T-A-M-U. And make sure you listen to all of our great podcasting coming from the Locked on Podcast Network. Tomorrow, we will be breaking down some of the A&M players to watch, some names you should be on the lookout for, and potentially we may have a guest on talking a little bit more about this UTSA team. But that's going to do it for today. We will see you tomorrow. And remember, gig em, y'all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.